My name is Davis Smith. I'm the CEO of Cotopaxi and an MBA graduate of the Wharton School. The Latter-day Saint MBA Society was founded by a group of MBA students and alumni who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with the hope of bringing together a community of business people striving to bless the world. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews with Latter-day Saint thought leaders that we hope will inspire you both in your professional and spiritual life. For more information about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society, visit latterdaysaintmba.com. And now I'll pass it over to Kurt Frankum, who will host this week's interview. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. Today, we have a couple in the house with us, Scott and Cassidy Sorensen. How are you two? Doing well. Yeah, just enjoying a rainy day at Stanford. Happy to be here. Yeah, very, cool. very, very happy to be here today. Nice. Now, you're both first-year students in the MBA program there at Stanford. So, maybe Cassidy, you, you start us off here. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> That's a great question. We're still wondering the same thing. Um yeah, so Scott and I, um, kind of taking it back a few years, uh, we met our first weekend at BYU. Uh, we were both freshmen. It was Labor Day weekend. It was a, a pool party, and then we ended up having a class together. And um, from when we met, we were always great friends. And then after both of our missions, we uh, dated. And, and as we were dating, we both had this goal of going to business school and, um, from there we were able to, with career paths and different goals and different achievements that we were able to accomplish, uh, somehow we ended up here at Stanford. Um, it's been an incredible experience, but like I previously said, we're still a little in shock that we're both here, but incredibly grateful. And there were a lot of wonderful folks that, that helped us get to this point. Wow. That's fascinating. So, did you both graduate in, in, in business at BYU in some related field? Or? Yeah, so I studied, um, I studied accounting at BYU, just did a bachelor's degree, and then Cassidy did finance. So we were both, both within the business school, similar classes, kind of ran in similar circles, which uh, made, it, made it really fun to be able to have that experience together. And so I think also was a driving factor in inspiring us to, to want to go back, go back to business school and, and have another shared experience together. Nice, nice. Well, we'll definitely get into your, your backgrounds and whatnot as far as leading up there. But I'm just curious, like, so you, so you both had this desire to go to uh, graduate school to get your MBA. Was there this, I don't know, I, I worry, like, what if one of you got accepted in the Stanford, the other didn't? I mean, was was that, did that ever come up in the conversation? Yes. Uh, I think you are asking, like, the golden question that we heard so many times over the last year as we were applying. Um, we got that question very often. And it was really interesting because going into the application process, we had promised each other that we didn't even want to think that scenario through. We said, let's just avoid that thought at all costs. And then if it happens, then we'll address it. Um, and luckily when push came to shove, we didn't have to go there. And, and we were very fortunate that that wasn't a situation that we had to navigate. Um, but yes, that was definitely something in our mind that was very stressful. Um, yeah. Nice. So were there, was Stanford your, your number one pick or did you have some other schools you both applied to? Yeah, Stanford, it was an easier decision for us. Stanford was, was both of our number one picks, and it was the, the only school where we actually overlapped together. So it made, oh. made that decision much easier. Oh, um, both, both of us kind of live, have family on the West Coast. 
So we were, it was just an ideal situation for us to be able to be close to family, um, be, be the school that really tailored um, teaching styles and classes and um, to, to what we were both interested in. So it was, yeah, somehow we got lightning to strike and, and honestly got it to strike twice, um, which That's pretty cool. amazing, grateful for. Yeah. So is there a story behind like when the, the day that the, the letter came or was it an email or did you open it together? It was like this mission call moment together or what? Yeah. So um, it was a really interesting experience because during COVID, we were both typically working from home. And the day we got the phone call, Scott had actually gone into the office. So I was home alone. And so we had always imagined when we would, because it's a phone call at Stanford, at the DSB, you get a phone call from the Dean of Admissions. Her name is Kirsten Ma. She's a lovely uh, woman, but um, we had always anticipated we would get the call together. Um, but of course, the day the call came, we were not in the same place. And so I had gotten the phone call first. Um, and it was interesting cause I was in a meeting and the phone call kept coming up as spam. And so of course I just keep ignoring. And then after call number six, I noticed a Palo Alto area code and my heart just sank and I couldn't believe it. And I, I knew what it was. Um, so I had gotten the phone call first and, and was very excited, but it was really interesting because she, uh, wouldn't discuss Scott's candidacy with me. And I totally understand that, that reason and and why they would do that. But I so badly wanted to know, and, and, and I didn't ask what she could sense I wanted to know. And so she had brought up, um, that they were still, um, they didn't have an update for me yet, but when they, they did, they would give an update, um, for me on Scott and his candidacy. Um, and so I immediately hang up, call Scott and, and we're both celebrating and, um, he was really sweet and was very congratulatory. Um, but we were both thinking, well, the call could still come for you, Scott. We just have to be patient. And the next thing you know, I get a second call from the Dean of Admissions from Stanford. And she was asking me, um, if she had the right phone number for Scott, because she had been calling him multiple times and he wasn't answering. Um, so through a series of back and forth, uh, I ended up giving Scott her number and Scott called her to find out that he had been admitted to the GSB. I'd like to think I was very persuasive, but that's not true. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I think a little bit of an unusual situation to call the Dean and, and have her then tell me that I'd gone in, but nonetheless, the, the end same, same uh, means to an end. And it was wonderful. We were both just so surprised. Um, and honestly just thrilled that we were going to have the opportunity yeah. to go to school together. Yeah. And I bet then there's this feeling of like, okay, life is, is a little bit more simplified. Like we don't have to figure out, you know, how to do, do this apart where you can do it together. You know, that's cool. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I will say it was a really interesting day because, um, immediately after we both gotten the phone calls, we were chatting with each other on the phone and, we immediately just started making, literally we're writing down a list of everyone that we had to call and thank. Um, and it was, it was such a, um, it was such a unique experience that we're incredibly grateful for that. We often look back to that day and how we just had this list of probably 25 to 30 names of just people who had helped us or encouraged us throughout our careers in the application process. And so that data still is a very, very special day that we often think back to and reflect on. Nice. Are there any other couples that are in the MBA school with you or like um, married couples? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're at Stanford. There, there are a few other married couples that, that aren't members, members of the church. Yeah. And so th- there's a few who are married and then there's a, a good number who are 
applied together and came together with a significant other. So it's been really fun to be able to talk to them, to have those kinds of of shared experiences of what it was like for them opening letters. And uh, some of them applied together and had similar experiences to us and others applied kind of entirely separate processes but still made it together. So it, it's been really fun. Um, I think that's been one of our very favorite things about being here at school is just being able to learn from so many different people from different backgrounds, different perspectives. Um, but there's all these common shared threads of experience. Nice. So I don't know, like the, the nature of how the program works and whatnot, but is it, I mean, do you try and make your, your classes and schedules identical so that you're, you're both on, you know, reading the same textbooks and whatnot? There are some synergies from that perspective. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that, that's been really interesting for Cassidy and I is while, while we're both really interested in getting an MBA, I think we both came and wanted to get MBAs for, for different reasons. And, oh, okay. and I think have, have different career paths and, um, and we've had different career paths to this date and, uh, we're still TBD on what it looks like after, after business school. But, um, so this semester we, we do overlap a lot, which is, um, really fun. Have a lot of the same professors are in a lot of the same classes, which I think makes it a really special experience and have the opportunity going forward to be able to take some classes. The, the school tried to, tried to split us up for a few of them, but we were able to finagle it. So we, we got together for a few classes, yeah. which is fun. <clears throat> nice. Nice. Makes sense. Yeah. So any- a, a great tutor, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> he helps me with my classwork quite a bit. Oh, oh nice. Well, I'm sure the, the tutoring uh, hat gets exchanged back and forth, depending on the, the class. <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> nice. Um, is there anything to, to the, like, talk to us about the, the application process, uh, you know, testing and also, you know, just preparing to get into or applying uh, to MBA school, uh, both just as a, doing that as a couple and also just on your own, like what comes to mind? Yeah, I, I can start with that. I think one of the things that, that I didn't fully appreciate with applying for business schools was how reflective the process was. Um, just as you're going through different, um, going through the different applications for different schools, that each one has a little bit of a different flavor, which, um, challenges you, invites you to, to think about certain things differently. Um, and so I think for me, that, that was something that I, uh, that was challenging, but I also found that I really, really enjoyed much more than I'd expected, uh, which is a little bit funny. And, and so I think for me, part of the application experience and any advice that I'd give to, to individuals who are applying is to start doing that well before applications are due to start being reflective, to start thinking about, what, what's your, your story, kind of your, why do you want to go to business school? Um, and, and there's a lot of different reasons. There, there's, I don't think there's one right answer. And I think based on your individual life experiences, I, I know my why business school and my story for going to business school was very different than Cassidy's, even though we've been married for several years and, and want a lot of the same things at, at the end of the day. But it's been interesting just to see how even, even still our paths have been totally different. So I, I'd say that there's, there's no one right answer. Um, and to really be thoughtful about, about that story and developing that story, because I think some of the schools, um, yeah, I, I think it just, it's not all about test scores. I think there's so much more that goes into the application process than, than just that. Yeah. Cassidy, what thoughts come to mind as far as your experience preparing and, and going through the application process? Yeah, I think even taking Scott's point a step further, 
For us, the application process started quite a few years ago in the sense that we knew this was the goal and we knew it was going to take a lot of effort. And it wasn't just a test score and an essay. It was a career path and a story that we knew we needed to develop in order to get to a top business school. And so for us, um, there were a lot of career decisions that were made. There were a lot of sacrifices that were made in order to get our profiles and our applications where they needed to be. Um, and I like feel so grateful that I was able to do that with Scott. Um, like Scott said, it, it all was a very reflective experience where we really had to double down on finding what really mattered most to us and why we wanted to go to business school um, and how we were going to best communicate that in an application. Um, so yeah, like Scott said, it was a very, very reflective experience. At some points, uh, it felt like we were in therapy as we were writing some of our essays, but in a really great way that really helped us recognize that we wanted this and we wanted it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, well, I typically start here, but uh, I'm sort of captivated by your, you know, you're both going to the school together. It's, it's really cool. But just maybe give us a background and Cassie, we'll start with you. Just your your upbringing, um, both your, your faith development and also your um, academic development. Uh, what was your childhood like and sort of, you know, what led you on this path to where you're at today? Yeah, of course. So I come from an interesting background. Um, I grew up in Las Vegas, uh, played a lot of sports, was very involved in kind of all, all the social things from student council to sports to academics growing up. And um, I always was very driven and always had very aspirational goals that I was working towards. And it was really interesting because um, I... When I got to college at BYU, it was very interesting for me because all of those goals that I had set for myself kind of shifted to finding a husband. And oh, it was yeah. really interesting because I think culturally in the church, a lot of women, when they get to college or they graduate high school, that's kind of the big goal. And so it was really interesting for me, especially because both of my parents are converts. And so, um, we were kind of, they were navigating this whole like experience of, being members of the church, um, and also like having kids and this, they didn't really have any examples to look towards. And so for them, they're like, okay, the next thing you need to do is get married. Um, and so for me, that was a, a really big pressure that I felt not from them, but I think it's just, I think it's natural in the church. You feel that, um, pressure is like the yeah. next big step. And so for me at BYU, it was very interesting kind of navigating that pressure. Um, and I went from having all of these big goals um, to then having one goal of getting married. And for me, that was really difficult to navigate. And as I was dating and kind of going through the social scene at BYU, I started to lose myself. And it wasn't until a few years into my undergrad where I kind of had to take a step back and, and really recognize like who I truly was and what I wanted out of my life. Um, and how Heavenly Father was going to get me, it was going to get me there. Um, and from there, I, I decided to go on a mission and I served a mission in Japan and the Fukuoka mission, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then I came back and, and um, studied business and, and got into the finance program. And um, from there, the reason I decided to study finance specifically is my mom grew up in uh, with a single mom. Her dad passed away when she was very young. And so I, I had seen the impacts that 
um, having less access to financial resources and how that impacts women specifically. And so for me, that's why I wanted to study finances one, to get a better understanding of finance for myself, but also be able to help other women learn more and become more financially literate and then also get access to financial resources. And, and so from there, I, I went into, I, I went to Capital One where I was a product manager for a few years and, and kind of worked in the fintech space, helping individuals get access to credit. Um, so I think that is kind of my my background and, and kind of like what has yeah. gotten me here and kind of my why for, for why I'm at Stanford and why I wanted to get an MBA. Yeah. Did your mission have much of an influence on the direction your your uh, education was going? I mean, did it, did it change up? I mean, t- t- talk to us about that. Oh, completely. My mission changed everything for me. Um, I think it was the most independent I'd ever been. And it also was the most reliant I had been on God, uh, which for me really opened up my eyes to what I could accomplish. Uh, before my mission, I didn't feel like I could really accomplish that much and I wasn't as capable. Um, but after my mission, I realized that I, I could accomplish the things that I wanted to. And that's when I decided to set my sights higher than I had before my mission. That being studying business at BYU. And then from there, wanting to go to grad school at a top uh, university. And um, I was incredibly grateful for that. And I will say another piece as well is on my mission, I, especially being in Japan in a more male dominated society, uh, my eyes were very much open to um, how much women struggle with um, freedom of financial uh, um, decisions as well as career decisions. And so for me, that was very eye-opening and um, kind of inspired me to want to go into this uh, trajectory in this direction of my career to not just help women in the U.S., but outside of the U.S. as well. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else, Cassidy, about your general background that would be helpful for this discussion? Or did we cover it pretty well? No, I think we covered it really well. I I will just say... As, as part of that background, like I, I think back to how, um, like how much gratitude I have for my parents, mm. um, and kind of how they help support me and like push me along through all of these experiences. Um, and I'm also grateful. I know I had mentioned kind of the culture of the church and how that sometimes can be a little bit tricky to navigate, but the church has been so, such a pivotal part of my entire upbringing and has been such a huge key in where I am today. And so I mm. don't want to discount that at all because yeah. it really does mean so much to me. Cool. That's great. All right, Scott, let's go to your, your background. Uh, give us the, give us your uh, background and upbringing and influences and all the things. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, I grew up in Salt Lake city. Um, from, from the age of 12 on previous to that, we, my family had moved around a lot um, growing up, but Salt Lake city was always home. Lots of aunts, uncles, cousins, everyone seemed to be for the most part in, in Salt Lake city. Um, and so for, for me, I think one of the, I'd be remiss about talking about my life if I didn't talk about swimming. Um, so I swam, I swam competitively all growing up from the age of, I think five or six years old, um, and, and had the chance to swim at BYU as well. And so it was, I think for me, growing up is so much in a, a part of, or I guess swimming is so much a part of, of growing up for me um, and can, can talk a little bit more about that. But I think um, 
just kind of being a kid lo- love to go out go- love to go ski love to spend time with my friends and and just be be with cousins family as well and um it was really interesting mo- moving around so much i think that made me really dependent on my my immediate core family and i was so grateful um that and and i think also with within the church community as well that no matter where we moved in the united states that there was always a built-in community that there were always friends there were always people there and, and for me I think that that really instilled a lot of gratitude for me um, in just knowing that I always had that. It gave me a lot of security growing up. Um, and so I guess after high school, I had the chance, um, had the opportunity to go swim at BYU. Um, and while I was at BYU, um, decided to, to study business, I decided to study accounting. I think for me, um, both of my parents um, went and received their MBAs. Um, and so I think for me, it was always getting an MBA was always something that was really critical to me. I always knew that I wanted to go into study business um, and, and have really modeled, I think, my life after after my, my family and, and so grateful for the examples that they set to me. Um, but, but yeah, and so did... did um, BYU. I went on a mission, um, which again, kind of similar to what Cassidy was saying. I had always grown up with, with a faith in God, with a testimony, but I think for me being able to go out on my mission and really going to BYU were two of the most formative experiences for me, uh, both as an individual and spiritually where it gave me opportunities to, to really learn and grow. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I think my college, my freshman roommate had to teach me how to do laundry. I, I didn't know how to do that. My mom had spoiled me my whole life. And so I remember him rolling his eyes and looking at me um, and, and then versus, and as I progressed on being able to really learn um, and, and develop spiritually at BYU, it was the first time when I had to decide, Hey, do I want to, am I going to go to church today? Am I going to wake up and do that? And then I think that, really set me on a great trajectory for continuing forward onto my mission where um, I'd grown up with a family who was um, very active in the church. But again, I, I think for me, it gave me an opportunity to sit back and actually reflect on, um, I guess, like, is this really for me? Like, is, is this really real? And I had to go through that process of, of learning and, and gaining a testimony and growing uh, spiritually a lot on my mission as well. So yeah. Did you cover it all, Cassidy? <laughs> I think he did. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, how about, I mean, was there much of an influence like from what your parents did that influenced your, the path to, to business? And, and this sort of question for both of you, but uh, Scott, was there much of an influence there from your parents' professional lives? Yeah, I, I think that, I think there was a huge influence from, uh, from my parents, um, I, I basically tried to model my career thus far after what my dad did, where he he had studied accounting in undergrad. I said I needed to study accounting in undergrad. He went and worked for one of the big four accounting firms. I, I said I needed to go out and to do that. And so I think that for me, that was something that, um, that, that just seeing how he thought about his career that, that really made me want to model after him. And I think it really helped was one of the core factors for me wanting to go get my, my MBA. Um, but I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the role that my, my mom played as well, where my mom went and got her MBA. She'd worked for a few years professionally after she graduated. Um, my parents were married and a couple of years later I was born and, and my mom made the decision to, to stay home with, with me and, um, which I'm forever grateful for and to be with our family and, and to raise myself and my siblings. But 
for me growing up, it was something that knowing that, that she had that degree, that she had that business experience was something that gave me a lot of comfort and security, knowing that if there was anything that, that had happened to my dad or anything, if anything happened to my dad and thank goodness it didn't, but that she would be able to be there, support our families and, and really showed, I think it helped my parents be able to communicate um, better and, and just to relate better growing up or for to relate better as I was growing up. And, yeah. and so I think that was something where I'm, so grateful that Cassidy and I get to have that same experience and that our kids one day will be able to have that experience and just have that same security as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and Scott, where'd you go on your mission? Uh, I was in Canada in the Edmonton mission. So, Oh, cool. Nice. So you didn't do the mission thing together, just MBA school, just, <laughs> just MBA school together. No, that, no, that, that almost be problematic. So I'm yeah, that almost that. be scary. I'd be like, I don't know if you should do all these things. Anyway. <laughs> no, it works for some people. Like, yeah, right. not, not for us. We didn't get the chance, unfortunately. No. Nice. Well, cool. So, um, so how many months now are you into the, the MBA program there? Uh, we started in September, so oh, okay, yeah. So just call it three. I think three coming months. up on yeah, three full months at this point. Nice. So you don't have a ton of hindsight that you know as far as MBA school goes, but just talk to us like what's it been like so far? What did you expect? What didn't you expect? And um, like maybe somebody's considering you know Stanford or that's sort of their dream dream school to to reach for. But anything like just how it's been so far? What comes to mind? Yeah. I can, I can start there. Um, I think for me, the one thing that has stood out the most is the diversity of the GSB class. Um, I think compared to most business schools, I think we have probably the most diverse class when it comes to different places in the world that people have lived. Um, so for context, more than 50% of our classmates are non-US citizens. Um, right. And so because of that, we have had our eyes open to so many opportunities, so many perspectives, so many backgrounds that we hadn't anticipated. Um, and so it's been so neat um, for us, especially. So every Sunday we try to have a different classmate over for dinner. Um, and oh, nice. it's just been so fun to have that experience um, just to learn about different people. I think Scott and I both are very interested and love hearing about other folks. I will say that's the reason why this is a very interesting experience for us chatting with you today. Cause usually we like to be on the flip side asking Whoa. questions. Um, nice. so it's a lot of, it, this is a very, uh, uh, stretching experience for us. But that being said, we've loved the diversity of our classmates and getting to learn from them. I would say that's number one. Um, and then number two, I will say the opportunity of being at Stanford, which is such an incredible institution, has just provided so many opportunities for us that we never anticipated, whether it's career, whether it's service, whether it's personal development. There's just been so many things that have come up, and um, it's been an, a really wonderful opportunity that we every day we're like, it's going by too fast. How do we take a step back and really just take it all in? Um, but yeah, overall, um, it, it's been really wonderful and, and very magical. I will say it's a lot more social than we anticipated. Um, every here at the GSB, there's a lot of really interesting, interesting traditions where almost every night of the week, we've got some crazy social activity. Um, <laughs> but we wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think if you would have, I think there's been much more karaoke than I thought there would be. And so <laughs> you can imagine a bunch of business school students doing karaoke and the level of karaoke, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, and, cool. I, and I think just to build off what, to build off what Cassidy said, I, I think the, the thing that, that's been most interesting to me, um, and I don't know if this is unique to Stanford or I imagine it's pretty consistent across a lot of other schools as well, is in, in undergrad at BYU, it felt like when we were having conversations, like the professor was the one who was really the thought leader. And that was where the instruction was coming from, was coming from the professor. Um, and, and what I didn't expect or what I've been really pleasantly surprised by um, at Stanford and imagine it's consistent is that it's really student or the, the class led. The, the professor serves much more as a moderator rather than like the, the one leading, I guess, like teaching, just standing up there teaching. And I've learned so much more from just so much from my classmates due to, to what Cassie was talking about, that diversity of experience. And, and I think by, by really having that knowledge share, um, it's helped us to be able to help me to be able to build relationships with my classmates in, in ways that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And so I think for me, that's what I really have, have enjoyed or I guess cherished the most about the experience so far. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just take us through a day in the life of uh, being a couple that's in MBA school together. I mean, is it just, you just see each other as you eat or, you know, and then you're back to the books or, or uh, break it down for us. Well, um, I can, so today is Thursday, so I can walk uh -huh. you through a typical Thursday because it's very okay. interesting. It's like Thursdays are one type of day. Wednesdays are very, very day specific, which is interesting. Um, but a typical Thursday for us, um, we're really lucky. We have a class together in the morning. So it's usually us. I usually make Scott late, unfortunately. So it's us rushing out the door to get to class. Um, but we're in class together for a few hours. Then we've got some other classes outside of that. And, um, to Scott's point, a lot of the courses that we're in are very, um, conversational in the sense that it's not necessarily professor just teaching. It's a lot of discussions. It's a lot of debate. It's a lot of, um, it's just a, a very unique learning environment. I'm sure you've heard of the case method. Um, we also do a lot of the case method here at the GSB, which has been really interesting. Um, but then from there, it's usually we're um, sitting down. There's a pretty common eating area where all the GSB students are, and that's where we're at lunch. And then from there, we're in info sessions for different companies or different opportunities at the GSB. Um, yes, or yesterday we were in one for what's called um, the 24 fund. So our class is starting a fund that will only invest in startups that are founded from our class. And so there's a lot of really interesting opportunities. And then I will say from a social aspect, um, there's a, a big party tonight called the Ho 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 Down, a, a Christmas or a Texas themed Christmas party. And then usually on Thursday nights, we have what's called beer pong for leaders, which is a, an interesting, um, GSB tradition, but our team out of, I think how many teams were there? Like 200, no, a fair number. A fair there was number. a fair number of teams that were competing in beer pong for leaders, but our team actually took a uh, second place. So that's usually where we are on Thursday nights. <laughs> that's great. And I mean, especially with dynamics like beer pong, I mean, do is everybody well familiar with your Latter-day Saint background? Um, does it come up a lot or are they, do they razz you about it at all? Or uh, it, it, it's been yeah, all, all in good, all in good fun. So yeah, yeah, no, it, it's been, um, yeah, 
I can count the number of games of beer pong I played on one hand. And yeah, so sometimes they let me play other times. They're like, no, this one, this match is actually important. You're not playing. Um, yeah. So that's very understanding. But I, I think that's one thing that, that I've been so, so impressed by is just, just, I guess two things is, is one, how open people are to really like hearing new ideas and just trying to learn. It's such a learning environment where we've been able to have a lot of like awesome conversations with, with classmates just about, about faith, about values. Um, and that I think have one allowed us to get, to get a lot closer. Um, and two, just to be able to really understand like what makes people tick. I think that's a big part of, Stanford is a lot of self-evaluation and I think business school generally is self-evaluation around your, your leadership style. And, um, and I think the, the second thing, um, to kind of go back to the original question of just like, what does a day in the life look like is it, it's just nonstop learning. Um, whether yeah. it's you're learning formally in a class, whether there's a guest speaker, whether it's an employer presentation, whether you're talking with different classmates about different ideas that they have or about homework assignments, there's just, I haven't been in an environment where there's just constant learning and such attention to learning across such a broad spectrum of things. So it's been really energizing, um, but also really exhausting. There's a lot of days where like Cassidy and I really don't see each other until dinner time, and to, to the point you made of whether we're sitting down and eating, but it, it has made me want to be much more intentional and deliberate with the time that, that I spend with people because I could, we, anyone could be triple booked at, at any point in time. So that yeah. having that intentionality is so, so important. Yeah. And I do want to add just one point to what Scott was saying. We've been so impressed um, by how open our classmates are to our decisions to not drink and not do certain things because of uh -huh. our religious beliefs and our values. And I think that's one thing that has really stood out to us about the folks at the GSB has been this inclusion of like, Hey, you don't drink. Well, that's great. Like, tell me why, you know, and it's been a really great opportunity for us to not only share our beliefs, but learn more about our classmates and why they make some of the decisions they do and, and what's made them the way that they are. Um, and we've really appreciated that environment. And, and I think yeah. just one more thing, I think I've never, I haven't, ever been excluded just because it's like, Oh, Hey, I, I don't drink or I don't do something. There's always the question of, Oh, well, why? And then it's like, okay, well, like you can still be involved this way or like there, there's just never a thought. So I've, I've been yeah. so pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. You, you can still play beer pong without drinking beer, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, what about just like, um, like relaxing or decompressing? Like, do you have to look at, do you have like a rule? Like you can't mention a case study, you know, on this day or, I mean, do you, like, how do you just unwind and be a normal couple? And I mean, does, or is that, I don't know what, what comes to mind with that? Um, so I will say this is the constant battle for Scott and I, <laughs> ever since we were dating, we had to make a conscious effort of like, no business talk, like no, whether it was venture or a startup idea, um, we always had to like set limits. Um, what I will say is since we've been at the GSB, those boundaries have been really hard to set um, because to Scott's point, there's always something exciting going on, yeah. always something exciting that we're learning and we love talking about it together. What I will say is one thing that we've done that I think has been really helpful is uh, we play a lot of pickleball. And okay. luckily where we're at is we're really close to a pickleball court. It's just right outside where we live on campus. And so uh, I think those moments where it's like, okay, it's gone, it's gone too far. We need to step back. 
we, we go play some pickleball. Um, and I think for us, that's, that's been a really good, uh, outlet and release. Um, but I do think we can be better about setting boundaries. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I guess at the end of the day, it's one of those things like this is only for a few years. I mean, it's not like you're, you're always going to be an MBA school, but I guess maybe you'll both graduate. You'll start a, a business together and then it'll be the same dynamic. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's been interesting that I, I'd like to say that it's really a business school. Just, Oh, it's a blip in the radar, but I, I don't think that is. And I, I think, I think for, for us, but I, I think really for, for most people, I think life gets really, really busy. And unless you're, you have yeah. that intentional desire to, to set time aside. If you have, we, we don't have kids yet. Um, and so having kids, there's just, there's a lot of demands for time. And so I think, I think it's being intentional and deliberate is certainly a skill and um, it, it's very difficult to do. Yeah. So talk to me about just a, attending church at, you know, while you're in school and maybe what the ward's like. And I mean, obviously I, I would imagine you don't have a, a real demanding calling or, or they maybe don't expect that of you. I don't know, but just talk to me about just being a Latter-day Saint as far as a church attending, uh, you know, come follow me studying Latter-day Saint. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it's been, it's been a really fun experience where within, within our, within our ward, um, all of the business school students go to the same ward and there's, oh, cool. there's a lot of other, so I think we have about, I think there's 10 business school families right now at, at the GSB. And so it's, it's really fun to be able to go there, worship together. You see folks, sometimes see folks at school, but then you, you, you see them at church on Sundays. Um, and I think the ward is pretty accustomed to, to knowing that, Hey, we're, we're here for a couple of years. We're pretty busy. And so they've been amazing at kind of being respectful of that. Um, but I think with that being said, like I just recently got called to be a preschool advisor. And so that happened within the past couple of weeks. And I'm really, <clears throat> really looking forward to being able to lean in there uh, with that calling and, and be engaged because uh, I think we found that sometimes we get caught up in, in business school and all the happenings that are going on. And so being able to go to church for me and, and for us is a great reset to be able to refocus and recenter ourselves. And, and I've really found that it's something that I've leave feeling so and re-energized and, and renewed after. Nice. Cassie, what's, what's it been like for you? What comes yeah, I'll say, um, to Scott's point, we're grateful for the word here. It truly is so grounding um, because we kind of live in this Stanford GSB bubble. Um, and it's really nice to get outside of that, um, for even if it's a couple hours a week. And so we've really enjoyed the word, um, from a calling perspective, I think for me, it's been, um, because I, we haven't had as much time. It's been really interesting to find ways to give back in the ward and kind of build our ward family. And I think for us, that's been, uh, through ministering that we've been able to do that. And I think for me, this is the first time where I've tried to focus like my, all of my efforts when it comes to my calling have been more towards ministering. And I've been really grateful for that. And it's, it's interesting how you have these different times in your life throughout your spiritual journey where you have different callings or different responsibilities. And it's been a really interesting time for me to recognize the criticality of ministering and the impact that can be made there. So, yeah, been really grateful for that cool um and you both sent me some uh some principles here as i as i do with all the guests here on the the podcast i'll just ask these some me a couple principles that maybe have helped you and or that you've learned or picked up along the way and i think we've covered 
a lot of this as far as supporting each other while pursuing uh, a career and goal and then just the business school application experience together and whatnot. Anything else with those two that we haven't covered or did we do pretty well? Yeah, I, I think we did. I think we did pretty well um, covering those. I think just the, the one thing that I'd add is it's been really interesting to see. Um, I guess I'll take a step back. Since, since we got married, we've we've lived done a stint in Dallas, then a stint in Washington D.C., and did a stint in Southern California. And and for each one of those moves, it was interesting. Where initially. Um, Dallas, we targeted Dallas because that's where we thought we were both able to get jobs and, and had jobs there. And then Cassidy had a great opportunity come up in Washington, D.C. And so we, we made a move to Washington, D.C. Um, for, for her job. And luckily, I was able to lateral jobs. And then a couple of years later, I had a great opportunity in Southern California. And Cassidy was in a position where, where she was able to come in to support me. And so I think that there's just certain gives and gives and takes in, in these careers. And um, and, and at least in our career so far, and as, as we've been trying to balance that, I think that it's been, um, we've had to, to work hard to put ourselves in situations to do that. But, but thankfully, I think we've been really blessed to, to be able to have opportunities open up and to have employers be willing to be flexible so that, so that the opportunity would work for the other and, and really be, um, not be detrimental to, to the other person's career. So I think we've been really, really fortunate um, in, in that perspective, um, so far. So just, just having that, that faith and perspective that, that heavenly father will help you provide a way, um, to make things work. Awesome. Talk to me about this uh, final principle here is following and sticking to promptings. Where do you want to begin with that one? Um, I can, I can jump in there. Um, so to Scott's point originally, um, we moved around quite a bit. It was almost to the dot every year, every year and a half we were moving since we were married, uh, started in Provo, then a few, a few stops. Um, and it was really interesting because for us, there were a lot of times where something would just happen and it was like very clear that we needed to go somewhere and we needed to uproot and move again. Um, and it was really tricky. Like that's not an easy thing. And yes, we were earlier in our careers and early in our marriage. So it wasn't as difficult, but it was really tricky for us to find stability. Um, but it was really interesting because, um, like a, a more specific example of this was when we were living in Dallas, um, I was experiencing some pretty severe health problems and it was really interesting because at the time we thought we were going to be in Dallas for at least two, three to four years. We thought out of Dallas, we would go to business school. And then within a few months of living in Dallas, it was very apparent that because of my health issues, we needed to go somewhere else to be closer to certain doctors and just get out of the environment that we were in. Um, and that was really difficult. Um, but throughout that entire experience, we knew that leaving was the right thing. And we knew that heavenly father was going to help us through that. Um, but it was hard, like it wasn't easy. And, and luckily for both Scott and I, um, we were able to, in every single move or every big decision we made, we were able to make it together and with the Lord. Um, and it's very interesting because now as we look back, obviously hindsight is 2020, but for us, we see every decision that we made and as difficult as it was, it brought us to this point where we can be at such an incredible institution together. 
um, accomplishing and living this dream that we had wanted for so long. Um, and so I think for me, it's just such a cool experience to be able to look back on the journey that we had getting here and how there were so many promptings that as difficult as we, they were, we we're really grateful we followed. Mm. Um, I don't know. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think, I think the thing that I would add is I, I would even take it back take it back a couple more years to, um, it was during my junior year. Uh, I was swimming at BYU was in the junior core of the accounting program, which was a pretty demanding program. Um, and, and I was just feeling immensely burnt, burnt out. Didn't feel like I was doing well in school, wasn't doing well, um, in my swimming career and felt like I was at this junction where, um, I ultimately felt like I, I needed to, to stop swimming so I could focus on, on school academics and, and really just like a job, getting a job after school. Um, and that was something that I, <clears throat> that I really wrestled with because swimming was such a core part of, of my identity as a person. It was, I was Scott, the swimmer, like that, that's what I did. And, um, and, and I think that I really viewed myself as that, but I, after really sitting down thinking about it and praying, received a very clear answer that I needed to, that I needed to stop swimming, but I didn't really know why. Um, and so I, I made the decision. It was a really hard emotional decision and felt pretty lost for six or seven months. But, but after making that decision, um, it's very clear now with hindsight that I'm able to step through and look at different opportunities that have arisen in my life and say, oh, it was kind of rooted back to that decision to, to stop swimming. And it was really interesting where I, I felt like I'd always kind of wondered what if. Um, and there was a day, it was the same day where I, we received notification that we were going to be interviewing at Stanford. And I had this overwhelming prompting, I guess it was four and a half, five and a half years later that like, that's why, like that, that's yeah. why I needed to stop swimming and that everything that had happened to me in my lifetime up to that point, um, what was helping me prepare so I could be here in this moment and, and really putting myself in, in that situation. So I think it was really hard for me. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of, of a talk, from, from elder Holland, where I think effectively he says, like, if you prayed about it and it was right, then it's, it's still right now. And you just need to trust it and just don't give up when, when the pressure mounts. And so I think for me, that's something that I think a principle that I've seen kind of time and time again in, in my life is, you know, sometimes you just have to have resolve and, and stick it out even, even when it's hard. And, and for me in the situations, I've been grateful that, that I've had those promptings to be able to guide me and then been able to have experiences where I felt reassured that those prayers, um, that those prayers were answered and know, know that four or five years to me, it felt like a long time, but I mean, grand scheme of things, it's really not that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think that's just one, one thing I'd really like to add. Yeah. That's cool. You still uh, find yourself in a pool every once in a while or, uh, not, not as often as I should. Um, <laughs> yeah, not nice. as often as I should. But maybe after graduation, you can, you know, yeah, you can no, I, I need to, I need to do it sooner. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully sooner. <laughs> there are some plenty right. of pools out here. So, uh, yeah, yeah unfortunately, well, anything else as, as far as, uh, following promptings, sticking with promptings that, uh, needs to be said or. Yeah. I think I'm just well? going to add, uh-huh. I think for us, it's really easy to say, Oh, promptings, like follow promptings, they all work out because we're in this position where we have this goal and this dream for so long and we've accomplished it. Right. But I do think that 
a lot of, um, a lot of times it doesn't work out and that's okay. I mean, our, our journey to get here, there were a lot of bumps in the road. Um, I mean, I'll just add when we were about to submit our applications, um, within a, about, a, a six weeks of us submitting our applications for business school, unfortunately, um, I had two grandparents pass away and, yeah. and then not only that, one of, um, Scott's best friends was, was killed by a drunk driver, unfortunately. Wow. And it was pretty devastating. And, yeah. um, I, I think it's, it's sometimes easy to say like, oh, everything happens for a reason and God's in the details of our lives and they're like, just follow promptings and everything's going to be okay. Um, and I do believe that, but it, there are times in our lives where things don't work out and um, it can be really difficult. And, and I think for us, um, we sometimes treat like us getting into to Stanford is like the end all be all. But for us, there's a lot more that's coming and there are mm-hmm. still challenges that we experience every day. But I do know that even when it's been tough, we've been able to get through it um, with God's help and, and with each other's help. I mean, I look at Scott and the support that he's been to me um, and I could never have made it without him. Um, and I, I know there's going to be even more times in the future where there's going to be a lot of difficulties that I won't be able to do without him. Um, yeah. so I just wanted to, to call that out as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So what does the future hold? Cassie, we'll start with you. I mean, obviously as we've learned, as you've learned in your life up to this point, like the plan maybe doesn't always go according to the plan, but if you, is there a specific industry or business that you hope to take your career or what do you think? Uh, totally. So right now, kind of exploring two career paths. Um, and I'll probably let Scott jump in on one of those. But uh, first, for me, being in the fintech space, I have been very passionate about building technology to help underserved populations, especially women, get access to financial resources. Um, and so for me, uh, working at Capital One, a big problem that, that I was able to uncover is just the outdatedness of credit scoring and how non-inclusive that is. And so I think for me, um, one of the big hypotheses that I'm testing while at the, at the GSB is trying to find ways to uh, give individuals access to credit using alternative data sources than the traditional ways that we have. Um, if you look at the stimulus that has been introduced to the economy as, as well as other things, uh, credit scoring is not the end all be all and, and has a lot of flaws that have been uh, revealed. And so trying to work through that and, and, and kind of see what progress I can make there. Um, and then outside of, of that, um, Scott and I have talked about whether it's starting our own company or uh, kind of going out and searching um, or working through a search fund. Um, that's something we're considering. And then I will just say number three, uh, we're really excited to start a family post oh, nice. school. That's, that's something we're really, really looking forward to. Um, so I'd say for me, those are kind of the, the three things that, that, um, I'm looking forward to over the next yeah. few years. Cool. Scott, anything, uh, anything else you would add to your future or? Um, the direction no, I, you want to go? Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm exploring different career paths right now. I think I want to do something in the investing space. Um, don't don't know where. So if there's anyone listening who has ideas or guidance, I'm very open to it. But I, I think, yeah, I'm just excited to see where the future where the future ends. I think eventually we'd. I'd like to do my own thing. Whether Cassidy wants to do it with me, I'll leave that up to her, and that'll be <laughs> jury's still out. But yeah, uh, we're again just feel so grateful for the opportunities that, that we've been given so far and just really excited about things to come. Yeah. 
Really cool. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. Do we do we miss any principle or concept or before we wrap up? Did did we do it? I want to make sure I don't zoom past anything. I think we did it. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. One thing that I, I want to add really quick, uh, Scott yeah. had mentioned our friend, uh, Richard Flores, uh, who had previously yeah. uh, interviewed with you and the well-dressed Richard. Oh, he, yeah. he's awesome. he is very well-dressed. <laughs> let me tell you. But, um, we were really fortunate where we were able to live in Dallas with Richard and a few other, uh, oh, wow. folks who are at HBS right now. Um, and it's really interesting because the LDS community uh, within the different MBA schools for us has just been so incredible and really raised our expectations for ourselves of what we can achieve. And so we um, we definitely attribute a lot of our experience that we've had so far to them and, and kind of the support that they've given us and, and kind of the example that they've set. And so we, we're really grateful for, for them and... Um, and would be remiss if we didn't mention those folks. Yeah. I I think just to to piggyback off, off that, I I think, um, we, we've been so fortunate where, uh, every year the LDS MBA society does a conference last year. It was at HBS and and we attended that conference and it was amazing just to meet so many different people from so many different schools. And as part of the kind of the gratitude outreach that that we had, um, right after we found out that we'd been accepted, it was just amazing to see how many people had been on that list and how prominent just uh, other individuals in within the LDS MBA community had been and, and helping us get there. And I, I don't want to go into specific names cause I know I'd inadvertently leave people out, but I've been so <laughs> grateful yeah. because there've just been so, so many both current students and alumni who, who've been so helpful. So for, for those of you who are thinking about applying, please reach out, leverage your, your networks and, um, and, and you can absolutely do it as well. Yeah. And I will just add on the on the point of uh, LDS MBA conference. Stanford will be hosting next year's conference. Oh, so right. uh, let us know if y'all are interested in joining, and uh, we'd love to have you. Yeah, I hope to see you there, Kurt. <laughs> okay. Hey, I would love to be there. So I'm I'm gonna schedule it in for sure. I, then we can I can interview so many more just in person. So. There you yeah. go. I will say the weather's a little bit better in Palo Alto than uh, Boston, <laughs> but that's just us. Yeah. <laughs> Really cool. Well, uh, Scott and Cassidy, this has been so fun and insightful and, and uh, you know, encouraging just to see a couple like you just jump into to life, jump into this experience. And, and man, what, what, uh, what, what stories you'll have to tell someday. So uh, last question I have for you and, and Scott, we'll start with you and then Cassidy, you can have the last word. But if you were in a room full of, of young professionals, uh, aspiring MBA students or uh, current MBA students, what what final encouragement would you give to that group? Um, I, I think, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the the encouragement that I'd give would be um, ju- just to keep going, um, even though I think there will be inadvertently be, be barriers and, and things that will arise, I guess, in your path as you're pursuing, whether it be professionally, whether it be spiritual, whether it be within relationships, just across the, the entire spectrum of your life. I, I think the, the overarching thing is, ju- is just to keep going and know that, that you're also not alone on your journey, that there's so many other people out there um, who may not be in the, the forefront of, of your life at this point, but there's so many people who are out there willing to, to reach out and to support, leverage the network, and uh, just to continue to support those, those people around you. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think that's what I would say to folks. Nice. Um, and I would say... Um, have grace for yourself and for others. Um, I think for me, 
life can be really hard and it's really quick or it's really easy to be hard on yourself. And just, I, I think Scott and I as high achieving, um, and high, as we set these really high goals, we also equally are very hard on ourselves and, and we've had to really be intentional about having grace, um, for, for each other and for ourselves and, and kind of let us, uh, give ourselves a break and, and work through some of these challenges that we're still overcoming. And, and I also think having grace for other people, we're all imperfect, but, um, we've all got a lot to offer. And so I think when we focus on that a little bit more, we're all a little bit happier. Thank you for listening to the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. Check out the show notes for more information about our guests and visit latterdaysaintmba.com to find details about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society.